really good. So the first thing actually is tiny, tiny RSS. So I went to fresh RSS as I talked to, I think just two weeks ago, but I realized I don't have to host everything on my NAS because in looking at this too, if you have a website with a, with a web host, see what other products or like little installers, like scripts they have uh, available for free because my host for free, it doesn't cost me any money. I guess that's what free means, right? Well, really redundant this late. They have one for tiny, tiny RSS. And I'm like, well, why would I run that on my box in my basement if I already have something after I paid for a service? And I just ran the script and it runs in the cloud. I don't have to expose my server to the internet just to check, you know, an RSS feed. So, yeah, I'm using that. It makes sense. I still use my NAS heavily. I love it. I, you know, my randyhanley.com is hosted on it. But my other websites like, you know, my randy.media and randrums.com that I'm kind of just using as like a, you know, messing around with like WordPress kind of website, you know, kind of like a little development environment, I guess. Those are hosted there. And it's it's so, I mean, it's basically free. It's so cheap. It's so good. And they have, they have a, like a, a ton of scripts. Like their main thing is WordPress. You can run WordPress there. And I always end up going back to WordPress too. So that kind of ties into this. Uh, I've tried different, you know, I've tried Joomla, Drupal, things that are way out of my league as far as like developing. I don't develop or code much at all ever but wordpress is simple you just you know these hosts have it down where they can keep you up to date on the latest version of wordpress um you know templates you can install them uh get free backups <laughs> i mean included depending on the plan you have and on top of that my host allows me to have up to 100 sites under my one account plan so one of those 100 sites is tiny tiny rss i'm running that as like a subdomain that's one i mean and it's crazy i can i can connect to it with like a a google reader type deal uh and retrieve news articles without garbage or being you know algorithmed by google like telling me what's you know to read first or whatever it's just it's what i want to see and it's it's awesome that's how we need rss back we really do that's that's freedom that's like you can read what you want it's it's really cool yeah, you can read what you want by going to Google and searching for something, probably, but still, the search results aren't going to show up in the order you want them to. They're going to show up in the order that Google wants you to see them in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so that's, yeah, tiny, tiny RSS. It sounds funny, I know. You don't have to worry about setting up one on an NAS if you don't want to invest. You can just set it up like like I do on Hostinger. And, uh, wait, why do you got to look at me this whole time? Let's just change this to the second camera. So uh, here's Linux I got up on the screen. And uh, picture in picture is working really well. Cool. But um, let me see if I can give you a look at my hosting account. I want to make sure I don't show any passwords or anything. But um, all right, here's here's a few sites I'm working on. Let's bring this over here. And this is my hosting account. And you can see up here at the top. There's and for any you know if you're not seeing the uh, screen, that's okay. I'm just logged into my web panel or cPanel equivalent on Hostinger, and I don't recommend doing Cloudflare through them because Cloudflare has a plan that's free normally and you shouldn't pay Hostinger to, to use Cloudflare in my opinion, but they offer it for like 12 bucks or something, which eh, don't do it. That's crazy. But they have a website builder, Zyro. I don't recommend that. I don't think it's great, but I just think it's okay to go with WordPress it, it, and Hostinger runs WordPress really well. It runs smooth on their servers. And, um, did I lose my uh, 
my screen. What the heck happened? There we go. Cool. You, you won't see that, thankfully. It's how it jumped off my other monitor. But anyways, you, you get, you know, you get a free SSL certificate. If you, you know, need more than one site, you can kind of just ask them for it and they might just give it to you. They did that for me. You can see I have four more SSL certificates here. So if I create four more websites under my account, it's, it's free. That's awesome. And um, I recommend that. Hostinger and, you know, setting up a tiny, tiny RSS site, which I did under my Randrums account right here. Randrums is just my Twitter name, so I made a domain out of it, of course. And it's like Randrums slash, let's see if I have it up here. Um, if I can find uh, what it looks like, the uh, login page. Do I even have it up? I probably don't. I didn't prepare that, sorry. So anyways, uh, that's that's the first one, Tiny Tiny RSS. And then MeWe, <laughs> which sounds like a private part, but it's a social network, and I think it's awesome. Uh, MeWe is pretty much what Facebook would be if it cared about your privacy and didn't sell you to, you know, people and companies. Uh, that's what, uh, sorry about this chair, it's loud. That's what MeWe is, and I highly recommend it. Now there's you know there's Twitter clones and that have more that are more freedom focused, uh, but I tend to like what Facebook provided, just without all the crazy privacy issues. So that's why I think uh, Miwi is great. Uh, the founder he's very like he's very transparent. He's uh, he's posting all the time. He does videos. He talks about what they're not doing and they are privacy focused which is amazing now how do i keep going back to that well that's what i'm doing I, I i'm not on facebook but i'm not like burnt out on this MeWe thing i'm just on there i post on like some tech uh groups you know and um just really lightly I, it's, it's it seems healthier I, it does i i facebook is depressing and not because like oh people are posting what they want you to see and all it's just just knowing that they're not a good company and they're so huge and just growing like cancer. So I don't know. I just, I, uh, this MeWe though, the founder is really cool. Uh, he's has some videos. They, you can pay for a membership on there to have all these extra features, which that's how they fund the site mostly. And I think that's a good model. It's like, it's honest. It's like, yeah, we have people, some people that pay a couple bucks a month to be a member because they want, they, you know, want more features. And that pays for the majority of the site to operate. That's how. That's why they're still around. That's cool. That's that's honest. It's not selling data to get, you know, to be free. So uh, the next one would be uh, something that I keep returning to is Linux. It's uh, it's Linux. Take off this. Uh, I don't know why I have the screen up for you. Or why not? Let's bring it back. Let's go uh, to Linux here. Bring up the Linux Wikipedia page. Linux. It's a free operating system. It's been around since, I don't know, early, mid-90s, when Linus Torvalds created it in college. But it's it's freedom-focused. It doesn't sell your data. I mean, it's, I mean, Android is Linux. That's how Android was made, right? If you're listening to this show, you already know all that, probably. But, um, but I feel like this happens twice a year, where I, I have this big Linux reality hits me right in the head and I'm just like why am I back on Windows? Well first off I use it for my corporate career I mean you have to in the corporate world almost always run into Microsoft you gotta know how to use it but I find myself going back to Linux on my home like desktop and mainly desktop in my in my old laptop because it runs fine it doesn't you know 
spy on me. It doesn't have tele uh, telemetry like Microsoft does. Um, and the reason I say it happens twice a year is probably because of Ubuntu. They, uh, they're the biggest, or the, the main kind of, I would say, reason Linux has grown for the on the user end, in my opinion. I, I don't know if that's a fact, but um, Ubuntu Linux, uh, Canonical Incorporated, I, um, I don't know if that's still the company that runs it, but anyways, two, twice a year they have, that's their update, update uh, schedule. And it's like October and April. And they just had their April release and it just clicks in my head again. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go try the latest version. See what's new with Linux. Because Ubuntu is, that's the big one, right? And it's awesome. It's it's just fun. It's it's stimulating to try something new all the time, especially when you're ADHD like me, right? And it's, it's kind of cool to just have a new operating system that's free and it's not an unhealthy habit to like, you know, I'm not spending money on it. But... I think it does help when more and more people use it because then those people are potentially going to code or write something for Linux. You're going to have somebody that's really talented contribute to it. And that's what makes Linux cool because people uh, send code in to improve it. Unless you're one of those universities that just got banned. <laughs> that actually happened with uh, for sending kind of like malicious code into the Linux kernel pretending to improve other features. I, I read that somewhere. It was, was it Minnesota, Wisconsin? It was one of these, like some university. And they they got banned from, which is good. I mean, they don't send malicious code, right? So yeah, anyways, uh, one thing I recommend with Linux, uh, for any Linux users, is the Linux Experiment YouTube channel. I, I find myself going back there. And um, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, it's, it's this guy that tells you about the new features in each version of a particular Linux distro. And he's really cool and just open to comments and responds a lot. He's just a really cool guy. So that's that's the Linux thing I'd recommend. So what next? Let's let's keep this moving. I gotta. It's really late, right? Um, desktop computer, desktop computer. I found myself. I keep going back to a desktop computer. I mean, as much as everything feels like it's moving toward mobile, ever since you know iPads and Chromebooks and you know, I always feel like I need a desktop computer. I, I end up having one, and I've gotten rid of mine before. I've sold it uh, on Craigslist, I think it was, yeah. And now I have one again. It's, uh, it's it, I feel like it's just, I'm not a gamer either. I just, I want something that's more powerful and upgradable. We need that. We need to be able to upgrade our machines. And a desktop, to me, is just always the most friendly machine to do that. Especially when you got something that's a workstation-grade machine like I do. I have, I bought like a four-year-old Lenovo machine. It's a workhorse, you know, a Xeon processor, uh, non-ECC, or ECC RAM. You know, 32 gigs of RAM. I could put up to probably almost 200 gigs of RAM in this thing if I wanted to. I don't need that much. I mean, I mean even the, some of these newest Macs, that are these iMacs that were just announced, are going to have like 8 gigs of RAM max. But I mean, they're they're still cool. There's there's reasons that the, there's use cases where these are great machines. But I need that that reassurance of 32. I need I need at least 32 gigs of RAM on, on my my workhorse machine. And if I want to play games on it, I can because it's got an NVIDIA chip in it or NVIDIA graphics card in it, physical graphics card. I can plug in. I can plug in a streaming uh, PCI card. I can I can add things to this. It's got a it's got tons of USB ports. Tons like these Lenovo ones got them lined up on the front. They light up. They're beautiful. And this thing was like 350 bucks. Like, <laughs> I mean, a new laptop. 
it's going to run you, you know, between 1500 and a couple grand, like a decent, a good one. And, um, even then, you know, you're going to get like eight gigs of RAM that are gonna, it's going to come with probably and windows and just, this is just easy. I could, <laughs> I can install drives in it. It's, it's great. Anyway, so that a desktop computer and these new iMacs for the record, uh, they were just announced, right? They're beautiful and everything. It kind of reminds me of the colors of the old iMacs back when they were like those neon colors in like the late 90s, early 2000s, I guess. And, um, but don't turn my computer into a mobile phone, you know, so you can blur the lines between smartphones, laptops. I'm, I, I don't think that's cool. And I think that's where a lot of these companies are going. I mean, why wouldn't they? It's easier for them to release things and control you. Just kind of just kidding there. But like, I, I think it's good. It's good to have a full-fledged computer where the power is in the computer. It's it's not it's it's not remote. It's locally. It's not some remote AI tra uh, calculating something for you and sending it back. I don't think that's cool. I think it's good for voice to text and all that. If you're going to use it, you opt in, use it, whatever. But to be fair, Apple is gearing this more towards student home use, like family use. Like a, you know, these computers do max out at eight gigs of RAM, which is to me. Come on, man. Just put 16 in it. I know. I, we know it's possible with these M1 processors. They have it 16 gigs max in the uh, in the new iMacs, right? Or uh, MacBook Pro and uh, MacBook Air. But to defend Apple, they are totally killing it in the processing game. They're just... People have to start running. You got to catch up, man. Apple's kicking ass with that. No doubt. And um, I'll post links to the CNET article, which shows like the, you know, eight gigs of RAM that you can get these machines. It's like, don't even bother, in my opinion. But if you if you have a kid that's in school and you want to spend, you know, whatever it is, twelve hundred bucks on the machine, it's fine. It's it's fast as heck. It'll work great for that. It's gonna have an awesome webcam built in. Uh, finally, you know, most computers have a complete shit webcam built in. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's. So, what else do I find myself? Um, going back to Rob Braxman and I've mentioned him before on my channel so if you're not like if you're not in tech you're gonna think this guy sounds completely paranoid and all I think he's awesome well I mean he, he is awesome I don't it's not just think he's super smart like the stuff this guy says um, let's pull up his channel uh, he's on Odyssey and I recommend using Odyssey if you can do that uh, you don't have to see everything through YouTube because I don't know YouTube kind of sucks lately but uh, let's go here. So this is this Odyssey channel. Um, yeah, Odyssey's pretty cool. Um, doesn't run that fast all the time. Maybe it's they're, they're growing and they just have a lot of users joining. But I tend to find a lot of cool tech videos on here. And he's on there and he talks about, you know, Android without Google. Is it possible? It, it is possible. He talks about, that's, that's one of his main things. He sells Android phones that don't have Google on them, which I've, I used to do that back in the day. I get de-Googled phones with vanilla Android. <clears throat> because there's the Android open source project, uh, vanilla Android, people refer to it as. That's cool. So Google has spawned many good things. And that's why I was the biggest Android fan for years. But Google just, phew, in the last few years, just has been doing some evil. They're like the whole we don't do evil company, but uh, I don't trust them. Anyways, and I'm not going to rant because I do that a lot with Google lately. Because it was just like, it, was, it wasn't like I didn't expect it, but it was like, oh my God, why? Well, privacy issue, you know. But Facebook's worse. So, <laughs> but um, anyways, he talks about you know you you know how you have a social score. Some of the stuff might seem extreme, but stop and listen to him for a few minutes and and 
he's not he's not just like fear mongering. He he makes a lot of sense, and um, he has a chat. I I join. I try to join it. Uh, uh, video feed on Fridays, and I think he's in California. He's somewhere West Coast, I think. Um, because like the videos go really late or start late, and I'm just like, ugh, it's already like 12 a.m. here, and he's just usually signing off probably around that time. Like, but he talks and he answers questions right in the chat, and this guy knows his stuff. He's he's very intelligent. So, uh, you, and you can find him on YouTube if you want. If you if you wanted to, just he's got he he you know multicasts them to different uh, platforms, and I think Odyssey does that by default. If he goes and uploads a video to Odyssey, like I'm going to probably tonight or tomorrow it can connect to your other accounts and just upload to them or retrieve them back from YouTube, I believe. I don't know how that magically works, but it does work really well because at one point I connected the accounts and the videos just showed up. I was like, what the? That's amazing. So, uh, let's see. Do I have anything else before I uh, wrap this up tonight? You know, reaction videos. There we go. Reaction videos. I, I criticize the hell out of that. I think they're so. I think they're as useful as an unboxing video, which is just like, what's in the box? Oh, the product that I'm reviewing, probably right. Oh, <laughs> just, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like I don't go into a movie theater and then look to the left and right to see how they're reacting. Like, <laughs> I'm so unsure of myself. I'm criticizing it, <laughs> but I'm guilty. I watch drum reaction videos like crazy, and it's funny because it's like maybe I'm projecting a little bit. I, you know, I, I want to stop doing what I dislike about others. I don't know what I'm, but I do this with drum videos and I, I'll watch like people that are, you know, pretty good, um, pretty, pretty well known drummers in the drumming community. And I'll watch their reaction videos. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not helping this, <laughs> but I do, but I, I, I'm kind of like watching the video with them. It's the whole thing, right? It's the whole experience of like, oh, I, I thought the same, <laughs> Did you like it too? Because oh, you didn't like it. I guess I didn't like it too. I'm just kidding. I, I don't do that, and I hope you don't. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think reaction videos are cool. I guess when it's your hobby, it becomes different. You're like, oh yeah, I, I'm gonna watch this reaction video. So I have found myself watching music reaction videos. Even um, what is his name? Um, the man, um, Rick Beato. I recommend Rick Beato's channel. By the by the way. Uh, he does some awesome music theory and talks about the music industry and you know how corrupt some things about it are <laughs> but he's a super talented guy and does a lot of studio work and he's, this guy knows everybody um i like to hear what he says so it's like i guess why would you know somebody that i look up to like that person i guess it doesn't hurt to watch how they'd react to a video because you're learning from the person in the first place Maybe you're gonna see it, like his workflow and see how he adapts to things. Doesn't hurt, right? So maybe I'll I won't be a hypocrite with that. <laughs> so um, if you're new to the Manly Hanley podcast, I would love to hear from you. Visit our website randyhanley.com and leave a comment. Feel free to send me an email uh, to randy at randyhanley.com and follow Randrums on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.